Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, let me tell you guys. First, the Danny Parkins is going to be on the show coming up in 15 minutes. Second, let me tell you that you can get 15%, 15% off online orders for carryout and delivery at Jefferson's with promo code 610sports. So go on the website, go on the app, 15% off online orders for carryout or delivery. 610 Sports, limit one per customer on a minimum $40, uh, $40 order. I had Jefferson's for the AFC Championship game that weekend, and it was, let me tell you, they were great. So I'm highly encouraging you that for the big game, when you're trying to figure out what you want to eat, I'm here to help you out. Jefferson's, 15% off, online order, carry-out delivery. All you got to do is use promo code 610sports.com. All right, I'm going to give you one more thing, the last thing today that I am confident in heading into this game, and one thing that I am a little bit worried about heading into this game. Let me start with the confidence. Doesn't it feel good to know that in a sport that your quarterback is everything, that you have the undeniable quarterback advantage? Like some, like sometimes we can go through all these different things. Well, they got Christian McCaffrey, and they got Devo Samuel, and they got – they also have a significant disadvantage at the most important thing in a game. In a one-game scenario, you have the best player on the field and in the entire NFL on your team. I don't really think you need some advanced stat for that. Like, that's really where the, I think the confidence comes from, from the betting public. That in a game of this magnitude, in a one-game scenario, you are going to give me Kansas City as an underdog, and you're going to give me a financial advantage to be on their side, I can give you 35 reasons to pick Kansas City in this game. I could probably find like 10 to 15 of reasons why I think you can pick San Francisco and why I think they could win this game. But out of the differences, one of them is, in the end, it's, oh, well, they got Patrick Mahomes on their team. Like, yeah, no, you're right. And in a game that, Feels pretty close in some ways. Isn't the tiebreaker just the fact that they got Patrick Mahomes? Like, as great as I think Kansas City's defense is, you give them that defense and they have Patrick Mahomes. Just a significant advantage in this. Like, Rob, I don't even need to come up with some advanced analytical stat or have some chart with dots on it and logos on it. 
I think the number one reason to feel good heading into this matchup is you have a healthy version of Patrick Mahomes going into a championship game in a one-game scenario. Like, there's some sides you want to be on. You want to be on Bill self side heading into a college basketball game. You want to be on Patrick Mahomes' side going into a playoff game. And the overwhelming likeliness is that Patrick Mahomes is going to win and your team is going to go home disappointed if you don't have him on your team. I mean, there's something to be said for quarterback coach advantage. Like, we were talking to the boss the other day, and he said he was listening to BetQL, and someone said, hey, we can break down this game any way we want, but it's very simple. The Chiefs have the better defense, the better coach, and the far superior quarterback. That is the general consensus. Tomorrow at Radio Row, you could walk around and get every single opinion maker in the sports media sphere. You can get Nick Wright. You could get Pat McAfee. You could get whoever you want to try to come on our show. And you ask them, hey, where's the quarterback advantage? Every one of them to a man, even Mr. and Mrs. Purdy would say, yeah, Pat's better. Pat's just better than Brock Purdy. That matters in the bigger games and the magnitude games of these moments. It's it's an odd sensation for Chiefs fans who have been lifelong Chiefs fans, but it's one they're growing accustomed to. Let me ask you this, and maybe there's no way for us to kind of quantify this. Because I'm reading the text line, and the top text right now, hey, see down on a scale from 1 to 10, I'm at a 15 that the Chiefs are going to blow out San Francisco on Sunday. Do you think that the confidence comes from the fact that the Chiefs have the significant and overwhelming quarterback disadvantage or do you think it stems from the fact of, hey, we just beat a team that I saw them play San Francisco on Christmas Day and they blew this team out? Because it feels a lot of transitive property. Hey, well, A beat B and then B beat C. It feels like it's a lot of that. And I understand why that's the confidence. Going into that game, we all believed, at least in the regular season, you were seeing the best team in the AFC go up against the best team in the NFC. And I don't know about you, but heading into that game, I thought San Francisco was going to win that game. And they got handled. You never see the Chiefs get beat. Like, even in the regular season when things are going bad, they never just go out there and just get the absolute doors blown off them in a big-time game. Yeah, they might have a penalty or a turnover or a lose, but they don't just get completely outclassed. I do think that the loss on Christmas has left a very lasting image with the rest of the NFL. And maybe Chiefs fans were in a different category because I don't know if you ever had a reason to be afraid of San Francisco, given the fact that you had Patrick Mahomes, given the fact that you have Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and all those other things. But I do feel like a lot of the aura and feeling that people that they had towards San Francisco – I feel like that completely went away on Christmas Day when they had gotten blown out. That even like they could have lost. If they lose 27-23 or they lose on a last second field goal, it's like, oh, that was a really good game. That was a game that we all circled, a game that we all sat down for, and they got smoked. And that team was healthy. They had Christian McCaffrey, they had Debo Samuel, they had Trent Williams, they were at home. That's a game that if you're that team, you usually win or play far better than they did on Christmas night against the Ravens. To piggyback off that, I think Kansas City, or at least locally, their confidence is a lot of that. Hey, we've seen the Niners. When we sat down to watch the Niners, we saw them just get absolutely boat raced. There's an added sprinkling of confidence on top of that boat racing that the team the Chiefs just beat on the road was the team that did it. Like, let's say the Chiefs got 
blessed with the fortuitous pass in the AFC and they had to face Houston in the AFC title game and they beat CJ Stroud and it'd be a party in Kansas City, all those things. I think there'd be still confidence in the Chiefs, but I would think it would be down a notch, maybe two. But the fact that Chiefs just went to M&T Bank Stadium and beat the Ravens, and it's the Ravens that were the team that did the drubbing of the Niners on national television, adds an extra an extra seasoning, an extra whatever of confidence because they've beaten the team that beat that team. Yeah, someone on the text line says CDOT, but the Chiefs also got embarrassed on Christmas Day as well. It feels like the ones who are confident should take that into consideration as well. That's a that's a really good point. I just feel like at least it kind of goes in line with how I feel about this game as a whole and why I think this game is very different for both teams on very different reasons. We evaluate these two teams different because one team we have seen sort of go through the fire and they have proven it. They have accomplished it. I've seen Patrick Mahomes win in these games. I've seen Patrick Mahomes play really well in these games. I've seen their defense come up with big stops like the Chiefs have done everything that you can do in a Super Bowl conversation. San Francisco, they had a chance in a Super Bowl. They missed the play downfield. Their defense hasn't played well the last couple of weeks. I think at least in this game, one team is trying to prove something far more in the here and now. I don't think Kansas City has anything to prove in the short term. Mahomes is going to the Hall of Fame. Travis Kelsey is going to the Hall of Fame. Andy Reid is going to the Hall of Fame. The Chiefs have proven all of the big picture things. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you gotta, you gotta, you have to completely shred this label that people have placed on you. If you're Brock Purdy, I don't know if people are going to feel different about Brock Purdy at the end of this if they win, but you can call me a game changer all you want. At the end of this, you at least got to say that I won a Super Bowl. Like we were talking to Speck earlier today. And Speck said that it doesn't matter what happened. People are always going to view Brock Purdy as Trent Dilfer for this season. I'm like, how? Just based on what he's accomplished so far this season. So at least to me in the in the short term, I think there is much more of a, quote, chip on your shoulder. We got something to prove from the San Francisco side because there appears to be far more questions about them in a big game than there are in Kansas City. I've never seen Kyle Shanahan win a big game, not to this level. This is this is not the NFC Championship game. This is the Super Bowl. I've seen you come up small in those. And Brock Purdy has not played well in his last three postseason games. He wasn't good last year in the game against the Dallas Cowboys. He was not great in the game against the Green Bay Packers. And he was okay in the NFC Championship game against Detroit. You have to play significantly better if you're Brock Purdy, I think, to win this game. And I think that's part of it. As weird as it can sound, is winning the Super Bowl is part of what changes people's opinion. But everybody has their mind made up about Pat. He's the best. Oh, the other players acknowledge how good he is. No one feels that way about San Francisco's coach and their quarterback. That's why I think, at least in this game, one game is about legacy for a team. The other game is about kind of getting that respect that I don't think they currently have. I actually disagree with Speck on the Brock Purdy thing. I think the way we talk about Brock Purdy is going to change if they win. Now, I, it's worth noting, I don't think they're going to win and all this, that, and the other. But I don't think Brock Purdy gets viewed as Trent Dilfer. And this fits in line with your lead. I I think Brock Purdy has a, is going to be viewed like a legitimate NFL quarterback next year. Not just some plucky, nice story who's a game manager. He's going to be talked about and viewed the same way all quarterbacks in view next year if they win. Kyle Shanahan is going to jump past the Sean McVay's of the world in the ranking system of coaches and be considered maybe the it guy. If he goes and wins this Super Bowl of Brock Purdy over this chiefs team, like 
I think there's more at play for the Niners, but I also don't agree with the notion that Brock Purdy is always just resigned to Trent Dilfer. And if he loses the skip Bayless of the world, call him a, you know, one trick pony or whatever. I think there's something at stake for him way more than spec let on. I want to tell you my last fear, and it'll be very, very quickly because I do want to catch up with Danny Parkins. This is the last fear I'm going to tell you the rest of the day. I will not tell you another single fear that I have for the remainder of the show until 6 o'clock. The Chiefs have been down double digits in all three of their Super Bowls. Now, they have come back in two of them to win, but they have been down double digits in each of the three Super Bowls that they have played. It's just a dangerous tightrope against good football teams to keep getting down big the way that they have. One team, they couldn't overcome it. Now, it was obvious why they couldn't overcome it. They were down 10 points with eight minutes to go the last time they played this team in the Super Bowl, and they were down 10 points heading into halftime last year in the Super Bowl. They don't have the offense that they had last year. Last year, they scored what? It was, they were down 10 and they and just on fire. Like they were unstoppable offensively in the second half against Philadelphia. I don't know if their offense can do that. So I would say of all the fears that I have, this is maybe the smallest one that I have is I don't know if they can maybe weather that storm in that lull the way that they have in years past. And if they get down the way that is kind of become a staple for this team, the Houston game, the Super Bowl, This team loves to get down 10 points, 13 points. They love to get down big in these games. It's just a really dangerous thing, especially against a team that can run the football effectively. I don't think that – I don't look at San Francisco as a team that is going to scare as easily to move away from their game plan the way that Baltimore did. Baltimore had a chance to win that game, in my opinion, and I thought Kansas City completely spooked them out of their game plan and got them to play the version of football that Kansas City wanted them to play. I don't think San Francisco is going to do that as easily. So if you're like asking, hey, what's something you're worried about heading into this game? I'm worried about San Francisco's offense getting off to a good start. They score on their first two possessions, and Kansas City is playing keep away. And now San Francisco is running the football. They got their offense rolling, and you're constantly in a state of playing keep away in the final 40 minutes of the game. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. We'll get his official pick on the game and hopefully take the other side because that's where the real money is, betting against Danny Parkins. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Nick Bolton. You're listening to The Drive with Karenson Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Welcome back into the show. My name is Karen Harrison. I appreciate you guys listening and making me a part of your day. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by a dear friend of mine who got a pretty tremendous honor. I'll tell you about that here coming up in a bit. But let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. He also is the co-host of First and Pod, just a podcast with two guys talking about ball. That's not his name on this show, though. Park Park, what's good? Oh, good afternoon, number three. This is number two speaking. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I had the mid-market, so that's basically you were in the big leagues, and I'm I'm out here playing triple-A baseball. Yeah, but you know what? I got to say, it's, it's kind of BS because I don't, I don't like how they do it. Like, San Diego is considered major market. That's ridiculous. Like, yes, it's a more populated city than Kansas City, but no one would say hosting afternoons in San Diego is a better job than hosting afternoons in Kansas City. You've got more pro sports teams than San Diego. You have more pro sports teams. You've got more passionate college fans. You have some of the best fans in the country, period, as evidenced by the TV rankings for everything from college football to the Olympics to the World Cup to, of course, MLB and NFL. Like Kansas City, for sports talk, uh, and I would say the same thing about our buddy Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh. KC and Pittsburgh are top 15 cities in the country to do this job uh, that we do it in. So I think it's kind of ridiculous how Bears sports media ranks that stuff. But obviously both, uh, both were very kind to us. So, you know, we'll, t- we'll take the plot. It's unfortunately it comes with exactly zero more dollars in our contract. Danny, let's start with this because I think you would love this Super Bowl week. A lot of the conversation circling around Kansas City is right up your wheelhouse. It is big picture legacy. What does this mean for Andy Reid? What does this mean for Patrick Mahomes? What does this mean for Travis Kelsey? I mean, all of the Kansas City storylines are right in the Danny Parkins wheelhouse. They are, and my answer might surprise you here slightly. I'm here for it on the Andy Reid stuff. I'm here for it on the Kelsey stuff, and the Mahomes piece of it really bothers me. He's 28 years old. He, would, he needs to play 15 more seasons to retire younger than Tom Brady retired. So it's just 
But Kelsey, it might be his last. Reed, it might be his last. There's no shot in hell that it's Mahomes' last. Even if he somehow has a Marino-esque rest of his career and doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, the guy's going to throw for 40,000 more yards in his career. So if you want to do the, like, on-pace stuff, best QB ever under 30, best start to a career, best six-season run in NFL history, is this a dynasty? I'm here for all of it. But the Mahomes v. Brady stuff is just silly, and I don't like it, and I think it's way too premature and unfair. And our guy, his Dirkness, does this fantastic Chiefs pod with our guy Ryan Hall, um, a- amateur hour. He's like, I don't want your corny NBA rings culture stuff to come into our NFL discourse. And he's right. It's a team sport. And it's affected by coaching and conference and luck and single elimination and all of those things. So I don't like it. I don't, I, Mahomes absolutely could be regarded as the greatest of all time if he finishes with five rings and Brady finishes with seven. If he destroys him in all of the statistical things and the percentage things and the per game things and then our eye test, which has to be a factor in it. So I just I find it to be a little lazy uh, to, to every time Mahomes makes a run, we have to compare him to Tom Brady, even though he's 15 years younger. I mean, I just I don't know. That part really bothers me. Let's move to the other side and talk about the quarterback of San Francisco. The point that I've made this week is usually if it is a low round or undrafted player, there is this Cinderella underdog sort of groundswell around that player. It doesn't feel like Brock Purdy has been afforded that. I mean, if you look at the history of it, there has been no fifth-round pick that has won a Super Bowl. The only sixth-round pick has been Tom Brady, no seventh-round pick, and the only undrafted player to win a Super Bowl is Kurt Warner. Usually if a player at his age and where he was selected is having the success, I feel like it's much more of the underdog. Everybody is pushing their momentum around him and sort of a hope factor to it. I don't really get that sense with Purdy, and he feels like he's one of the more scrutinized players in the league. Uh, He is one of the most scrutinized players in the league. I think that of all of the crazy things about Brock Purdy, him being sucked into the vortex of the sports take industrial complex has to be one of the most surprising things in the history of sports. But I also think if he was the third pick of the seventh round, it would be a little bit different. But he was Mr. Irrelevant. So there is a – there's a – cachet that comes with that and an intrigue that comes with that that adds to it and the other part of it is he was the favorite to be the MVP of the league in week 15 so that part is what I think is a little crazy to so many of us it's like okay wait a minute he is good and it is an incredible story but it is a testament to McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Kittle and Ayuk and Shanahan and John Lynch. And it's a testament to a lot of things because we've also seen them win double-digit games and make a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, who, when he leaves there, is not good. So there's a lot of things that point to him being a product of the environment and not the thing that makes the environment better for all those other names that I just mentioned. But – so many people were willing to say that he was the best player in football after 85% of the season had been completed, which is patently ridiculous. So 
I think that once you get extreme reaction in that direction, it then leads to extreme reaction in the other direction, as opposed to, damn, Purdy, nice story, good player, way better than most of us gave him credit for. Let's see what happens. Because I do think that there's a little bit of clock-striking midnight potential here if he has a game like he did against Baltimore where he threw four picks in the Super Bowl. So I don't think that this story is close to being over, and I know everybody says he's definitely going to be the Niners' unquestioned quarterback next year. Okay, okay, let him play like he did against Cleveland this year or let him play like he did against Baltimore against the Chiefs' defense that checks note second in the NFL between Cleveland and Baltimore on the season. Have him do it in front of 100 million people for the team that brought in Sam Darnold, for the team that traded up for Trey Lance, for the team that called 46-year-old Tom Brady to see if he wanted to come out of retirement. And you tell me that Brock Purdy definitely has that job next year if he goes out and throws a trifecta of interceptions at the Super Bowl. Right now we're talking to Danny Parkins of 6-7 the score in Chicago. Danny, I'm picking Kansas City to win this game 23-17. I haven't gotten your official prediction. It doesn't sound like you have a lot of confidence in Brock Purdy against this Kansas City defense to play well and win this game. I am picking the Chiefs. I feel terrible about picking the Ravens uh, last week. It was so stupid uh, because I know how to do this job, as evidenced by being the second-best afternoon show in major markets in the country. Uh, but before the season, I picked the Chiefs and the Lions, and then they were both in the respective championship games. And I was like, you know who's going to win? The Ravens and the Niners. What a stupid thing to say. It's like I had never done this before. So I really felt stupid about doing that. And I do think that the Niners' defense is a lot of sizzle and not much steak. Bosa is spectacular. Ward is very good. Obviously, Chiefs fans know him well. Uh, Hufanga is great. He's going to have an amazing career. Obviously, it's unfortunate what happened. They've invested a ton in Hargrave and Armstead and Chase Young. Fred Warner is still spectacular. We know all the names, but they have not played well for a while now. And the Lions ran on them. The Packers ran on them. The Chiefs seem committed to running the ball more consistently with Pacheco and have figured out that that's going to be the complement to Patrick Mahomes. So I think the Chiefs are actually going to control this game and most likely not drop the interceptions that the Packers drop. And then Purdy's going to turn it over a few times and the Chiefs will win by double digits. You certainly have tracked this for a lot longer than I have, but it's really surprising to me to see that San Francisco is the favorite in this game. Like, if I am just looking at it, trying to be as neutral as I can, one team has the clear quarterback advantage, one team has the coaching advantage, one team's defense is better than the other. I would say that today, one team is playing better than the other team that it feels like that this line is more predicated on what San Francisco was in week seven and weeks eight versus what they're going to be heading into Sunday's game. It is surprising to me that Kansas City, this defense, this coach, and this quarterback, that they're underdogs heading into a Super Bowl. I, I agree with you. It They are close enough that it shouldn't be three either way. And one team being favored by one or two is not that different than another team being favored by one or two three is really the key number there so I agree I think it's a little surprising I think it's just that the Niners have been rated where they've been uh by the formulas basically that spit out these numbers for so long um 
And the other thing is, listen, the Niners' skill position talent is spectacular. And McCaffrey is a touchdown machine. And the Chiefs, you go through it and you say, okay, they won a game against Miami with a bunch of backup defenders when it was Antarctica. That's kind of a weird game. Then you beat Buffalo in a game where their kicker missed the kick. I think Mahomes would have went down the field. But, you know, Buffalo had some self-inflicted wounds in that spot. Also, obviously, a ton of injuries on their defense. Chiefs get two turnovers in the end zone against the Ravens and still could have lost the game uh, at the end. And there was a fumble, you know, at the, at the one-yard line. That's a one-score game. And the Ravens completely abandoned the run and psyched themselves out of their game plan in this game. I do think there's a little bit of a belief, not that it's fool's gold what the Chiefs have done. That would be way too harsh. But that each of their games in the AFC run that they've been on have small asterisks next to it where circumstances or self-inflicted things by the other team contributed to the Chiefs winning the game. So the Chiefs are playing better, but I do think that inside the numbers, uh, the results are a little bit more lopsided than what the performance has actually been. Right now, we're talking to Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago, getting his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. Danny, I see this as a game. Like, if you want me to look at it through the other lens and you want me to find a scenario in which San Francisco wins this game, we are talking about a team that is 22-5 and since the Christian McCaffrey trade. In my mind, they have been the second-best team in the NFL outside of Kansas City since that trade. I mean, this is Christian McCaffrey probably has to have at least 120 yards from scrimmage. Like, this needs to be a game in which he wins Super Bowl MVP. I think Brock Purdy could play fine in this game. I'd be surprised if he had two touchdowns, no interceptions, and really carved up this defense. I think this is a game that Kyle Shanahan is going to have to heavily rely on Christian McCaffrey to win this game, and their defense is going to have to play significantly better than they did against Green Bay or Detroit. Uh, I Well, listen, they, they could win a shootout. If, if the game turns into a shootout on a fast track in a dome, uh, that is that is certainly in play. I didn't know Mahomes' dome stats. That's awesome. I didn't know that Mahomes is 340 yards per game when you combine passing and rushing. And I think it's, what, 22 touchdowns against three interceptions, and he's never lost. He's 10-0 in a dome. That is That is spectacular. I heard that on our buddy Nick Wright's show. Uh, this week, so I, I did not. I did not know that, but it. I agree with you. McCaffrey being unguardable, being a dual threat, being I think you know 150 plus yards, two plus touchdowns. I, I think that that's the formula because then what happens? They show Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You know that that's the the defense for the Niners. All of a sudden, they're really rested. It's a 25 minute halftime. They're not as tired. Mahomes can't do those nine-minute drives when McCaffrey is doing nine-minute drives of his own. I think the game script, if the Niners like got the ball to start, drove down the field, 12-play drive, McCaffrey in control, something happens on the Chiefs' drive where they have to punt, and all of a sudden like the Chiefs obviously can come from behind with Mahomes. I'm not saying they can't. But if there's nothing that makes Kyle Shanahan – do what happened with Baltimore and like abandon the run and Purdy can get out of this game with 16 pass attempts. To me, that's the game script, the game flow situation where the Niners would like this game to be. 
We talked about legacy to kind of kick off this conversation. I don't think there is a person or player in this game that needs it more for their legacy than Kyle Shanahan. It's almost like he was the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons when they blow the 28 to three lead, even though he was the offensive coordinator. And in the last Super Bowl that he was in, they were up 20 to 10 with less than eight minutes to go when they lost. Like, he kind of has this track record of blowing big leads and coming up short in the biggest moment. I think he's the one whose legacy is most at stake on Sunday. I think that's correct. He will not retire after the game. He will be fine. He will still be regarded as a top-five coach. I do think some of the in-game stuff will intensify and stick to him more, especially if it's a blown lead again, uh, as you referenced. You know that if he wins this game, he passes Mike Shanahan for most postseason wins. I thought that was pretty cool that he's the he, he's in that he's in that. Or wait, did he do it last week in the NFC Championship game? Now I'm forgetting my set. He either is tied with him at eight after the NFC title game, or he got to nine last week. But he's already top 25 in NFL history in terms of postseason wins. So he's an incredible coach, uh, but obviously not having a ring on his finger is is huge for him listen man i think it matters for all of them i think it matters for kelsey to make the case over gronk i think it matters for reed to you know can he be the second best coach all time behind belichick or if belichick never comes back and coaches and andy reed coaches for another decade can he pass bill belichick i mean he's not going to pass him in rings most likely but you know it's certainly possible every super bowl matters for legacies you know that's just that's just how it is because it's so damn hard to win one and some of the best players of all time either have one or zero. So it matters for Mahomes. You don't want it to end up being like a LeBron situation where we're counting Super Bowl wins and Super Bowl losses. It, it, it matters for all of these guys. But I agree with you. I'd rank Shanahan number one. Danny, you know I have to ask you about your bets because I'm going to guess that you have 37 different scenarios and plays and parlays and props. Give me your three favorite. Try to help people out so they know to fade your action. Give me three of your locks for Sunday. All right. Harrison Butker, no missed field goals, minus 240. You got to pay a premium, but he's a great kicker, and it's in a dome, and the Chiefs won't kick long field goals. They'll go for it. So I like him to not miss a field goal in this game. Mahomes, over 26 and a half rushing yards, feels like feeling money frankly we know he runs more in the postseason and I think that you know the the Niners are going to do everything they can to flush him from the pocket and he's deceptively athletic so I think you know he's celebrating he's like I got a six-pack under the dad bod which is just a spectacular answer and then I will say Chiefs to win the game so Chiefs on the money line I'll give you I'll give you those three bets I'm actually going a little alternate line here, and I took the Chiefs at minus six and a half because just how NFL games work that, hey, you know, this is a 27-20 Chiefs win, and I got a chance to cash in at three to one odds, Chiefs minus six and a half. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, prob- I, I will do a bet like that. I might go even bigger, though. I might do, like, minus 13 and a half. And, oh, and you got really this go potentially for- being a blowout. I think, I think blowout. Listen, man. If Purdy turns the ball over twice and Mahomes is on the you know consecutive games in the postseason streak without turning the ball over, you give the Chiefs' offense two extra possessions uh, against how the Niners' defense has been, and then you put them in a situation where they do have to abandon McCaffrey a little bit, 
yeah, I, th- I, I do think that blowout is on the table. Absolutely. That is Danny Parkins of 670 The Score joining us on the show. I now can say definitively, he is one of the best, absolute best, top two sports talk host in the country. Danny Parkins, man, congratulations on all your success. It is, I don't know if I should feel a way that your career has really taken off the further and further you've gotten away from me. I mean, I told you. <laughs> That's Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago giving us his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. Coming up in 20 minutes, we are expected to be joined by the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, Mayor Quinn Lucas. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be joined by Mayor Quentin Lucas, Mayor of Kansas City, Missouri. We'll get his thoughts on the Chiefs and the Super Bowl and when the parade will be, you know, all that kind of civic pride things that we like to talk to the Mayor of Kansas City about. Rob, before we catch up with the mayor of Kansas City, I want to ask you a question. Because you and I, I do think that we debate elite a lot. And I, I just like it. It's fun. I like having Hall of Fame debates. It's something that amuses me. I guess it's maybe a two-part question. Number one, maybe let's remove Nick Foles because it was such a unique set of circumstances for Nick Foles to win the Super Bowl. Like, he wasn't that team starter, took over at the very end of the season. The Nick Foles Super Bowl, I feel like, is an anomaly in this conversation. Brock Purdy would be the worst starting quarterback to win the Super Bowl since when? Hmm. Because are we talking about Brad Johnson? And I think that Purdy is better than Brad Johnson. But, I mean, since the Brad Johnson Super Bowl, It has been a lot of Brady, a lot of that generation quarterback, Roethlisberger, Eli, Peyton, Breeze, Rodgers. I mean, maybe Joe Flacco would maybe be the answer, which, I mean, that was over a decade ago. I mean, that was in 2012. Like, that was a long time ago that the Ravens played the San Francisco 49ers. Like, I know it doesn't feel like that, but, yeah, it was over a decade ago that those two teams played each other in the Super Bowl If Purdy won, 
he would be the worst starting quarterback to take his team to the Super Bowl since when? I actually think the answer is early Ben Roethlisberger. Like 2005, Ben Roethlisberger was not a great quarterback by any means. Like that team went up against Kurt Warner, or excuse me, Matt Hasselbeck. So that was the Seahawks one. The second one was against Kurt Warner and the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's probably the answer, probably since 2005 and Ben Roethlisberger. Who do you think it is? I think it's Joe Flacco. And I, because at least with Big Ben, and maybe Big Ben works better. Because Big Ben was on an upward trajectory. He wasn't Big Ben yet. And maybe Brock Purdy turns into maybe not one of those Rodgers kind of guys, but turns into, you know, a formidable, continuous, good quarterback in the NFL. So maybe he's the guy. But it just felt like Joe Flacco won that Super Bowl because all the pieces around him were good, but he wasn't the one making the pieces around him good. Like, I know the story ended different, but Ray Rice was a good running back in the NFL at that time. He Better than Christian McCaffrey, but they had a good run game. They had a potent defense. They had good weapons on the outside. Remember, Jacoby Jones had a special teams touchdown. He had the big play against Denver that year in the playoffs. Like, I think the answer is Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco won that Super Bowl because the parts around Joe Flacco buoyed him up and you always felt like they were in the playoffs and stuff because they're the Ravens, but they were always like a dynamic quarterback away. I think the answer is obviously Joe Flacco. Yeah, this is maybe where I'll defend Brock Purdy a little bit in this conversation, but I also think it kind of supports why Kansas City is going to win this game. So someone texted in and said, Russell Wilson, they even play the same kind of role. Run the ball, just don't lose the game. I understand that there is a difference in being the winning quarterback and the losing quarterback, but I think there are far more of the Brock Purdy type, sort of our perception around that quarterback that end up going to the Super Bowl than we kind of give it credit. Like, I understand that it is a quarterback league, and we put a lot of emphasis on the quarterback, but... Jared Goff has gotten his team to a Super Bowl before. Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten his team to a Super Bowl before. You just mentioned Joe Flacco. Colin Kaepernick got his team to a Super Bowl before. Cam Newton got his team to a Super Bowl. I understand that there are very different styles of quarterback, various ranges of how you feel about the quarterback. But, I mean, I would say even in today's present NFL, how many elite quarterbacks do you think there are? There's three maybe? It's the big three, right? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Well, Allen's never gotten his team to a Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow has gotten his team to exactly one Super Bowl. So I at least think in these conversations when we talk about quarterbacks and the pathway that you need to have, I mean, these two teams are, these are the blueprints of how you do it. You either go get the transcendent Super Bowl quarterback and do it the way that Kansas City has done it. You get the right draft pick at the right time with the right coach and look at what you can be. You can be a dynasty. You can be the best team in the National Football League for a very lengthy period of time doing it Kansas City's way. That's what Buffalo has done. That's what Cincinnati has done. That's what Baltimore. We have drafted a quarterback in the first round. We have paid that quarterback. We are hoping to reap the dividend and the reward at the end of it. There, you also can do it the way that San Francisco is doing it, right? Hey, we didn't spend an exorbitant resource on quarterback. In fact, we spent one of the smallest amount of resources as possible. But we have built a very complete team that this is a pathway that you can get to the Super Bowl too. 
You can get here by everybody says, hey, we are devaluing the running back. No, we value the running back. We went out and made a trade that not a lot of organizations in the NFL would have made. You want to talk about drafting and developing it and doing it the right way. Isn't that San Francisco? They drafted their quarterback. They drafted their two-star wide receivers. They drafted their tight end. A lot of the players on that defense are drafted as well. Like San Francisco has done it the way that you are supposed to do it. Just these two teams have spent very different resources at the quarterback position. And obviously, because of that, they have gotten two very different results. Kansas City has gotten the best possible result that you could ever have from what they've done at the quarterback position. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback that is nearly as talented as the one as Kansas City, but also because of his salary, they have been able to do some things financially that Kansas City can't just because of their quarterback hasn't gotten paid yet. Although having the Niners tried to do it the Chiefs way, like they I tried, know, yeah, dude, with Trey Lance. They tried Trey Lance. Like I think the nine. I don't think in the Niners' war room when they drafted Brock Purdy, John Lynch and Co. Thought there's our starting quarterback. I think they tried to take the Chiefs' path. It just it didn't work. And because Kyle Shanahan is great and because the components are great and Brock Purdy is just a good player, but not a great player. It worked out, but I, I don't think the chiefs and Niners took that big of a difference in path. It's just the difference is the big swing. The chiefs took a quarterback is their quarterback. The big swing. The Niners took is the Cowboys backup quarterback. They traded up to get their guy. It just didn't work out. I would argue they took the same path. just, varying results to get there. Yeah, I'm with you. And I would say on both regards, it's just, I think what maybe trips people up about Purdy is like Kansas city playing for this, right? Like every, every story we have heard about Kansas city is that they planned and prepared that their scout saw this quarterback and went out there and drafted him. And he knew it was going to be it. Let's be real. San Francisco got lucky. Like regardless of how you feel about Brock Purdy, they got lucky. The fact that you spent the last pick in the draft and that is your starting quarterback for the last year and a half and you have won 21 of 26 games that he has started, you got lucky. And I think that kind of throws people off with Purdy is there was, of all the picks maybe since Tom Brady, it has been the greatest luck portion of it. I wouldn't say that Baltimore got lucky at quarterback. You spent the first round pick on a Heisman Trophy winner. It worked out for you. I wouldn't say that Cincinnati was lucky at quarterback. They spent the number one overall pick on the best available player. I wouldn't say that uh, Buffalo was lucky. They spent the top 10 pick on a prospect, and it worked out. Of all the teams in the league, San Francisco is the luckiest at quarterback. You're not supposed to get your starting quarterback and your Super Bowl starting quarterback in a throw. Think about how how we treat seventh round picks. You would trade every seventh round pick for a available veteran player to add to your team. San Francisco used that pick on a quarterback who has a chance to help them win the Super Bowl. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Mayor Quentin Lucas. The mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, will join us on the show. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 